This episode of the Edible Alpha podcast was recorded as part of Edible Alpha Live back in December. Welcome to the Edible Alpha podcast series, your source for actionable insights into making money in food. I'm Tara Johnson, the Tara's Way Lady, and we're here to talk to a wide range of stakeholders about what it really takes to grow a financially viable food business. I am really excited to have David Miller with us um, as our um, third podcast podcast interview for our first Edible Alpha Live podcast. Um, David will tell you more about himself and about Iroquois Valley Farmland Read, but he's He's the person who um, who started Iroquois Valley Farmland REITs, and um, it's really hard to um, figure out a way. So securities law is really complicated. The attorneys who work in that area charge like $500 an hour when they think of you for a minute. And, and so it's really hard for people to do what, he do, what he's done, which is to take a take this all the way to a public benefit company, right? Like what investment vehicle that do you know that is a public benefit company? Probably not a lot of them. So um, David was the one who figured this out and he's worked with Prairie Free Farms and that you've worked with Metalark Organics. So, you know, this is a bit of a little incestuous not here and I'm really glad to have you with us. So David, maybe we should start by just having you tell us a bit about Iroquois and, and I'd love it if we can go back to the beginning of Iroquois, right? Like how you how you started this thing. Sure, sure. Well, happy to be here. Thank you, Tara. Of course. So at one point, it was just an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it was the financial downturn of 2006, 7, 8, you know, right. a year there. Um, I got together with the other co-founder, Dr. Stephen Rivard, who mm-hmm. is my college uh, friend and, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, high school friend and college roommate. Mm-hmm. And we met at a restaurant, very fancy restaurant. Um, that's why I can't think of the name of it, but you know, it was um, um, bad food. Okay, <laughs> it's bad um, food. I love it. <laughs> and we talked about how pathetic the market was at that time, and how there was no trust. <laughs> so it's sort of a deja vu here. A deja vu all over um, again. Yeah. And, and nothing was quite real, and you didn't know what you were investing in, and there was a lot of fraud going on, et cetera. And so we said, um, well, let's offer investors. And, then, and this started first targeting investors, right. which I think a lot of people don't know. Can we give them something better, for heaven's uh-huh. sake? Um, and so immediately we started talking about farming because I had bought a small little family farm for my uncle. And I really didn't know what I was going to do with it. And it was my mother that, that reminded me, well, why don't you talk to your cousins who are organic in Iroquois County where this farm was? And uh, that's sort of how it got started. I, I reconnected with, with family mm-hmm. uh, that I hadn't seen in years uh, and decided to take my little farm, nine acres, organic. And that's how I connected with our first farm tenant, Harold Wilkin, uh, in Iroquois County. And I live about a mile from Harold. So, you know, at the beginning, it was just an idea, but I was so influenced, um, you know, originally by a book I read, which was a book of the month club in 1962, hmm. I think, which oh. was Silent Spring. Yeah. So it's impossible sometimes to point to what the beginning is, you know, where did it really get started? But, you know, we knew, uh, Dr. Stephen, I knew we really wanted to impact the health 
in, in a big way. And, and um, you know, being growing up in the middle of what I call the dead soil monoculture, right. there was an awful lot that we could see that we wanted to change. So we started with one farm in Iroquois County, and it just grew from there with 10 original investors. Amazing. Okay. And at that time, what, did you already have the vision that you wanted this to be a public company, you know, public benefit company, or is that kind of evolved over time? Well, we didn't, at that time, there was no public benefit company. You didn't have a choice. You didn't have a choice. Right. That wasn't um, even an option back then. Right. Yeah. We, um, we wanted, you know, it was, um, we spent a lot of time thinking about how we wanted to structure the company in the beginning. Right. So we knew what a lot of things, it was easy. There's a lot of things out there that just don't work for farming and, and farmland. Right. And it doesn't work for farmers that want to be on the farm indefinitely and pass it on to their relatives. So your typical private equity structure was not what we wanted. And, and because um, the exit would have to happen too fast, right? Well, yeah, usually you have a 10-year commitment or something. You right. bring in the capital. It's under a 10-year and out time yep. frame. and. And you're talking about the exit as soon as you get started and you're right. going to sit down with a farmer and say, well, you're going to have this land for 10 years. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll buy it and lease it to you. And then, quote, well, hopefully <laughs> uh, after 10 years, you know, maybe you can buy it or maybe we'll get tranche B or C or D to come in and replace the old capital. And, you know, that doesn't give you a lot of security. And so we, right. from the very beginning, we wanted to build the trust with the farmers and we did that in very unusual ways. We told the investors that they had no exit. <laughs> so, they had no exit. So I bet when you first told people that, they looked at you like you were stark raving mad. Pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. <laughs> we had the benefit of, of then asking the question, well, tell me about your other investments and how are they doing? Right. right. right? And, exactly. and by the way, do you even know what you own in that mutual fund? Or do you right. even know what the stock, stock company is that you own does? Right. So, you know, really, we only had to ask one question before people could realize, you know, maybe there's there is room in my portfolio for an investment that's real, that's healthy, mm -hmm. that's indefinite and et cetera, et cetera. So we we didn't know that was an impact investing. Yeah, that wasn't agenda. even a word at the time either. Right. No, I didn't find yeah. that out until four years later, I think, when um, Northwestern, uh, the, the head of social enterprise at Northwestern said, oh, would you like to come to our conference? You're an impact investment, so we want you there. And I said, I, I don't know what that is yet. <laughs> right. You know, we just think this, this made good business sense mm -hmm. um, to set it up that way. And, and later on, we did give an exit to investors, so I don't want everybody to get all worried about that. Right. We've come now, a long way in, in, in terms of redemption policies. Sure, sure. So so in the beginning, though, you went out and raised a bunch of money telling people, yeah, we're not guaranteed. We don't have a mechanism right now for an exit. And you still raise money, which is impressive to me. You know, and it's not that hard. You just have to I remember going to a conference, I think it was in 2011. It was our, our first big purchase, mm -hmm. meaning right. we crossed the million-dollar mark and right. we're buying a farm that was over a million dollars. And we right. thought, oh my, oh, my gosh, you know. Uh, now, our focus is small to mid-sized family farmers, but farmland is expensive. And, and this farm was 225 acres, and it was mm -hmm. a little over a million dollars. Sure. And I thought, how are we going to, you know, we usually commit 
to an, uh, a purchase agreement and then we go raise the capital. Right. <laughs> it's all, we're always short capital. Okay. Right. So, uh, in this case, at this good food festival, good food um, conference, I had the farmer come and sit right next to me. Uh-huh. We had a plat of survey out on the table. I had little jars of whatever the farmer was going to grow. And we told people as they came by, here's the farmer, you know, here's the land that you're going to own. And this is what mm-hmm. the farmer's going to grow. And, you know, I mean, it's an easy story. Yeah. So, uh, it's unusual. It's I find it crazy that there's so few opportunities to invest like that. Yeah. So, you know, we've got a long way to go. Yeah. So, so yeah, there aren't a lot of that, that degree of transparency in your investment is really hard to get. Right. So unless you, it's easier if you're an accredited investor, right? Like, cause then you can invest in, you're more free to direct invest in things, right. In our country anyway. Yes. We just finished our 14th season. And so that means for about 11 years, because we've been a public company for three, we, we, we were saying no to investors that, you know, just because they didn't have a big enough balance sheet or make enough money, they were right. precluded from investing in us. And that's, as far as I'm concerned, that's socially unjust. Mm-hmm. So we are probably the world's smallest real estate investment trust uh-huh. certainly that's focused on organic agriculture. But we uh, we like to say that we're the most healthy. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. Yeah. No. I I remember um, for a while it was that I um, was the president of Slow Money Wisconsin. I really wanted to set up a fund, but I really wanted to it to be a fund that could. You didn't have to be an accredited investor to invest in, right? Like. And and it is so hard. Like I was looking at what it was going to take to do that. I'm like. Oh my God, it is so hard. So I that's why I say that what you've done. I mean, it took you what, 10 years to do it? Sounds like it. But Pretty much. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So it took it was, 10 years. It does not surprise me. And lots of attorneys. We've gone through a few attorneys. Yeah. Most um, you know, from the very get-go. And it, it's changed, right? Now it's mm-hmm. changed. I mean, we we're a B Corp and then we become became a public benefit company. Right. But, you know, those were new things at the time. And we were usually advised, don't do it. You know, it's right because nobody knows what it is. You know, yeah. And we would say, no, no, you don't get it. We want to do this. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is who we are. This is the change that we want to make. So we're not right. afraid of doing that. <laughs> right, 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 right. You don't need to protect us from it. Just help us do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So now, yeah, now everybody can invest. There's a few restrictions. But for the mm-hmm. most part, you know, the public can invest in us. Uh, and it's a $10,000 minimum, which in some places is one acre, right? So right. Um, we'll maybe bring that down as we as we grow mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. with more investors. But we think we have, we're pushing 500 investors across the country now. Nice. Um, uh, you know, we set it up, I think we set it up the right way. So we don't have to change it, right? Right, and, right. And um, the, the action. Begin, with, begin with the end in mind, right? Well, how do you? I don't know how you how you build trust with farmers when you when you say you know from the get go that you're not going to hang in there you know for the long term and somebody else is there to come in and replace the capital. So, right. You know that's just a if, you know you don't want the to take that risk that restructuring right. of the capital risk. So we have never sold farmland 
to pay back an investor. Now we certainly control the investors and we'd like to, you know, everybody needs to understand the mission and understand that this isn't short term. Right. But if they hang in there for the long term, you know, the, the returns are are competitive mm-hmm. and and they're real. Yeah. Yeah. No. And so so you move now, you said you have a redemption mechanism. So what does that look like now? So we we've transitioned every year, every other year to a more um, a, a bigger redemption policy where mm-hmm. more people can sell every year. And we tender for this year. We tendered for I think it was two million dollars worth of capital that could come in and mm-hmm. um, and redeem. You have to be in for five years, mm-hmm. um, and then you can um, request a redemption. And then it really depends on how many people want to get out that year. Not right. Gonna, so uh, for the last two years, we've done it this way, and we haven't hit the bogey mark of where we would have to prorate redemptions. Right. So anybody who's wanted to sell. You know, we've bought them out, and then we're, you know, we're constantly raising new capital. Right. It's, it's unending. Right. <laughs> so never ending mon- process. It's a big monoculture out there. Right. And um, you know, we're in the Midwest, but we're also now we're 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 in the West and the East, mostly the northern sections of mm-hmm. the countries right now. We don't have to be everywhere, but but we have a very large capital appetite. Right. And how many farmers are you working with? I think we have about 60 to 70 farm families uh-huh. now. You know, we're very awesome. farmer family family focused in that small to mid-sized range. Yeah. Um, you know, purchases could be 80 acres. It could be 200 acres. Um, mm-hmm. Only in Montana is it 1,000 acres or something. I was going to say, there are places in the country where that's like nothing, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's small. Except it's only, you know, $3,000. Dollars an acre or something out there too, right? Yeah, probably less than that, right? Yeah, probably um, less. Depends if it has water rights. Like we don't have that whole thing. Do you invest in anybody who had to have water rights? Um, like Colorado no, or something? I don't think so. We do pay attention to water, but yeah. usually the problem has been too much water. Yeah, so, you know, it's, Midwest. It's diversification for us to be out in the West. Yeah. But we're reactive to the farmers. I think that's important for people to understand that we don't run out and just buy land somewhere because we think it rains too much or not enough or or, or because the price might go up, might be more development pressure, which means more land. We, we don't, right. you know, we're reactive to the farmers. So they bring us the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's critical as far as we're concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, if somebody tells me that, well, you should be buying in, Ecuador or something. I mean, I know it's a trading approach, right? Because right. We, we don't do that. The farm, the farmers bring us the opportunities, and then they keep doing it. Mm-hmm. So we've had we have farm families where we've purchased six or more times. You wow! Know? And so that type of averaging in mm-hmm. to the markets and, and ha- enabling them to average into their business, right? Um, you know, I think just is common common sense that right sort of baby step it, you know, in, in that Yeah. Way. And that's one of the things about, you know, this whole, we've been talking today about trying to find ways to get farm ownership to farmers. And, and part of, I keep saying it happens over, you have to look at this as over a long period of time. And what you guys do to help chunk it out into pieces, like, is very helpful to the process for a farmer who just, you know, you can't go from here to here in your cash flow real easily when you're a farmer. So, 
yeah, it's it's enormously helpful. I had that conversation this morning with our chief operating officer. Uh-huh. Uh, and well, one of our farmers in Indiana is looking for us to go to an auction next week. Oh. We, do, we do that too uh, uh-huh. and, and see if we can come up with, uh, you know, a purchase. Uh-huh. I think it's like 80 acres. Mm-hmm. But during the conversation, um, Arnie Lau, who's our chief operating officer, said, well, this farm family is interested in buying buying back, you know, one of the farms that we leased to them. Right. And so we immediately got off on that track. And right. yes, yes, of course, we, we've done that. We've done it multiple times. We always get excited yeah. when, that, when that comes up. And of course, we'll finance, you know, their purchase. Right. But, um, we'll also split up the parcel. We've done this yeah. before. So if, if, if the farm family can't afford uh, to buy, you know, 200 acres, then we, and we've done this, we say, well, what can you afford? Right. <laughs> you know? well, and, and then we'll resurvey it and, and mm-hmm. finance that part because they can get attractive financing, uh, you know, from Tom Peer or, or whoever, you know, sure. for, for a first time family farmer or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or so, FSA funding. Yeah, I mean, and that's such a valuable thing that you are doing when you do that. Like, I don't, you know, I think maybe you probably know this, but it just, it allows the um, the farmers who, especially the beginning farmers who don't have any net worth of their own to start building their net worth, which is kind of, it's like foundational to everything else that happens for them financially in the future. So, you know, you may feel like, wow, we just played a really small part of that deal, but actually you came in and did that at a time that was critical to them for the future. It's yeah. We started um, that flexibility is, is important. And um, it's why we have continued to add financial products to our, our, our bag of, of, you know, tricks tricks yeah so we started with leases mm-hmm. and started out as a leasing company but what we found and 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 that was all has always been what we are struggled to keep up with because buying land once again is expensive but right also um found a lot of farmers who needed to refinance their mortgage in order to buy more land because right. for whatever reason that the mortgage terms did not allow them to have a lot of financial flexibility so sure. When we so we started doing mortgages, and that was probably four years ago. And our mortgage product, the bankers here on this line are probably going to have a heart attack. But you know, we we do, um, especially if it's to help a new purchase, we'll do five years interest only, right out of the box. Right. And of course, if it's for transition, to organic transition to transition organic, to organic, yeah, um, same thing. So right, that sort of sunk in, and I tell, I tell farmers all the time. You don't have to give us your capital back. If you want right. to, that's fine. But we'd rather you keep it and go out and get more land. <laughs> so, so that's unusual. That's unusual. But you know, it's worked out. It's worked out. Um, it's worked out great for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, I say to the, the bankers who are on here that there, this is like a. You know, that term capital stack, people talk about capital stacks, right, which irritates me because it feels like, oh, it's just a pile of money, right? But actually, it's a structure thing, like we want to bring the right kind of money in at the right time. And there's a place for you to participate or work with banks, I would think. Like, you know, on behalf of your farmers, right? So maybe you come in and do the thing in the beginning, but now then that 
helps them and maybe they they do something with farm credit after you. I mean, John Webkin did well, that. Yeah. No, we, well, we, I'm a former banker to start with. Uh, I know you and, are, so that yeah, helps. Um, so we've worked with uh, a number of banks on, on putting uh, deals together. So yeah, we do that. I mean, we use banks as well for our, our own balance sheet. So sure. we're, we're leveraged, we're about two thirds equity, mm-hmm. which is spread out all over the place. And mm-hmm. then we um, we issue notes to mm-hmm. accredited investors only. I'm sorry, so if you want to buy our notes, uh, you have to be an accredited Credit. investor. But you can buy our stock, you know, and just mm-hmm. be a regular investor. But we issue notes, uh, and we also borrow, do mortgage lending with a couple banks. So mm-hmm. cool. So, so in Wisconsin, back and forth. right? You're flexible, which is beautiful. So in Wisconsin, we have this anti-corporate farm law that says that funds can't invest in farmland in Wisconsin. So how do you work in Wisconsin? Since I know you do, um, we do mortgages and mm-hmm. we do operating lines of credit. Okay, which is yeah, new. So let's, which is new. So talk about your operating lines. Well, it was sort of like mortgages. We we. We could see, you know, for years that getting uh, an operating line of credit became harder and harder for for our, our farm clients. So right. it was really sort of just following the client need mm-hmm. that that line of credit became the barrier to them being able to grow their business. Right. So we were forced to attack that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so we... Um, we did apply for a uh, conservation innovation grant. And you might mm-hmm. wonder, what's that got to do with a line of credit? <laughs> so yeah. We're, we're creative people. So we convinced, uh, I guess it worked, the, the NRS, NRCS that the same time that we would uh, offer operating capital to the farmers, we would also extract, extract is not the right word, but right. we would uh, incentivize additional conservation benefits and impacts at mm-hmm. the farm. So we're just getting going on that. Um, um, you know, we didn't write a book about it. We just started doing it and mm-hmm. we, we um, have funded, I think this year, I think we'll have funded uh, the better part of $5 million this year, our first year of doing our big lines of credit. That's but, awesome. This is risky, more risky than what we're used to. It's it's considered bad income. I'm not going to go into <laughs> is it our, do you do, here, but we're a real do estate you, investment trust, so the, the, our, all of our deals are supposed to be secured uh, by real estate. In right. this case, uh, a line of credit is usually not secured right. by real estate. But so are you we're doing, doing it anyway? Are you doing secure or you know secure by by equipment or something, or are you doing unsecured? No, we're still, we're, we'll take the receivables, the inventory, you know, okay. contracts, Good. whatever whatever makes sense there. We'll take that as collateral. But we're right. really looking to buddy up, uh, you know, with other providers of credit. In sure. doing this because it's in high demand uh, and seems like almost all of our farm farmers would like to have a line of credit that, you know, might be a longer term line of credit. Right. So we do three-year commitments when we okay. do. Uh, yeah, so, so I've seen lots of instances lately because of the, you know, we're in what, year six of the farm recession. Um, you know, the farmland 
lender balance sheets are having their own troubles, right? So what, how that manifests is much more strict underwriting on, on operating lines. So lots of instances where farms are just losing their operating lines from, so yeah. I can see why you would be exposed, right? As an investment yeah. fund on land, if you couldn't do something on operating capital right now. Well, we're, what we're trying to do is um, develop what we're calling a soil capital reserve so mm-hmm. that the philanthropic community, uh, who knows, you know, um, corporate donors, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we would bring a nonprofit into the mix here mm-hmm. and there would be, uh, you know, it would be a mix of capital. Right. Would provide for a term line of credit. Right. And, and I, I think that that's a pivot for us in the mm-hmm. sense that usually we haven't, Oh, you know, in the beginning years, we thought, well, we'd have to prove that we can do this with private capital by itself. Right. right? You know, we have to prove that we got something to prove here. To the yeah, public. yeah, yeah. And I don't know if we did or we didn't. I think we did. We're still here after 14 years. Uh, but the risks associated with operating lines of credit are significant. And I sure. think we can do a lot more. We can scale a lot deeper if we all collaborate on that. Mm-hmm. So you know, we're looking for ideas for those of you know, your listeners that have them as to how we can scale this up, but do it in a collaborative way. Right. Right. Yeah. So you were trying to prove that this could all work in the, in the, without a subsidy, right? Um, if, I don't know if it's a subsidy is the right yeah. word, but, but, um, but you've discovered that the collaboration helps from a financial viewpoint, right? But also just in terms of the, the impact of the organization, I would think. Well, the world hasn't gotten any safer, I think, in the 14 years since we started. So I think it's in everybody's right. best interest to collaborate and, and, you know, increase the health and the sustainability of healthy food and sure. uh, farm families, et cetera. So I'm not apologizing for wanting to collaborate more. Um, I, I think really it just has to be that way. And yeah. we're seeing it all over the place. We're excited about that. That's awesome. We're also planting trees now. That's sort of another pivot for us. Yeah. So we've been uh, developing, I like to say, an organic seed bed here in the Midwest for 14 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, up until this year, we had not planted a tree. So right. I'll apologize for that since you're in Wisconsin. <laughs> a lot more trees there than there is here in Illinois. But then that's true. That's the that's the type of change that we want to see happen. Um, mm-hmm. So because we are a long term lender and investor, um, in, including trees into you know agriculture is just the natural for us in terms sure. of sure financing that. Sure. And you've been involved with Prairie Fruit Farms who who presented earlier, right? So. Yeah. I mean, it takes, I mean, that, those sorts of things are really hard for traditional lenders to do, right? Like I, I helped the Willie Street co-op here set up a a vendor loan funds. And one of the loan recipients was a, just a a fruit farm. It was the only organic fruit peach orchard in the whole state of Wisconsin. And he could not get operating capital to plant trees because there's no cash flow for with a pe- mm-hmm. peaches, like it takes four years or something like that, somewhere between three and five. 
um, depending on seasons or whatever, could not get operating capital. And this is like a fifth generation orchardist, right? It, this guy knew, knows what mm -hmm. he's doing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, as we think about permaculture around the country and we're thinking about silvopasture and all these, um, these are long hold things, right? So you need patient capital. Yeah, absolutely. And plus you need some livestock as well, right? <laughs> yeah, well, there's that too. But but just the, you know, things that don't generate immediate cash flow in agriculture are really hard to fund, right? So so it ends up being equity financing, but, you know, yeah. And equity for operating capital is hard in agriculture. It just, yeah, there just isn't the upside at the end usually for, for investors, right? So they, they don't tend to do that. Right. Well, the you know, trees, I think, well, first of all, if you're going to get a line of credit from us, you're probably going to have to plant some trees on your farm. Uh -huh. So, you know, that's our favorite impact right now. Right. Uh, getting more trees back out there. But uh, we um, planted about 10,000 trees on a farm uh, about an hour, hour south of Chicago earlier this year. Um, my son's sitting next to me and he helped establish these trees nice I think he's probably like to run away from from that task but it, did you, know, you make him dig holes for trees was he What's out that? there with a shovel was he out there with a shovel digging tree putting trees in uh no actually um that was done more by the savannah institute oh good yeah good so one of our partners there and um we did 25 different varieties but whether you're going to get separate capital to pay for the trees i mean it gets gets very complicated. It gets and, complicated. Yeah. And so. and this is why it's hard to get conventional financing for it, right? So so there are these emerging things. So you guys started with you're doing organic transition investing, right? You'll invest in land that's going to transition into organic before right. the organic and premium was there. Like that was hard. 14 years ago, it's still hard, but that was your yeah. thing. And now it's hard. Now we want to do permaculture. We don't have investment vehicles, right? We don't have financing vehicles. So you're doing that now, right? You're developing that. Yeah, we don't have to change. Uh, we don't have to change how we're doing business to throw trees in there. And yeah. in fact, I think from an investment point of view, that, that to me, that's ex extremely exciting mm -hmm. that you could grow uh, a row of walnut trees, which takes mm -hmm. forever. Forever. But in between the rows, you know, you can have your organic row crops or, mm -hmm. you know, and, and then after the trees are established, then you could bring in animals. And I know that sounds like pie in the sky to, to a lot of investors, but, um, you know, we're crazy enough to start doing it. Well, somebody's got to do the, the work of getting the investment case for it, right? Like if we want to have that kind of agriculture, we need the investment case. And you guys are, are, because you can hold for a long time, you're probably the best, in the best position to do that, to help us with that. It's terrific. Well, we'll be announcing some collaborations, you know, cool. with regard to doing that. And certainly we're going to be looking at alley cropping. Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly farmers, you know, through most of the Midwest know how to grow organic row crops. And right. have equipment to do it. Yep. Um, so we're just adding trees to those rows, you know, mm -hmm. every so often. So that's, right. um, it's fun. Cool. It's fun that's, that's awesome. You're, you're that's, invited to come to our farm called Rock Creek Farms, which is uh, an hour south of Chicago. So this is a farm that you're doing, using as a demonstration farm, right? 
Yeah, it'd also be our home. We've never had, you know, it's always been the farmer's farm first. So right. companies never had, quote, their own farm to right. experiment with or research with or collaborate with. We've never had that. So we're, we are uh, in the spirit of restoration. We're also fixing it up uh, uh-huh. a landmark status, old farmhouse who's, who's on that property. Right. Which may be harder than transitioning <laughs> the uh, to organic. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced at this point. That oh, God. Is, yeah. Um, are you close to Chicago? Well, that's that close. That farm is only 45 minutes south. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's easy to get to, easy day trip. And we want to make it uh, open to the public. Uh huh. Um, and just build it from there. It's right off of Route 57. So if you're driving to Champaign and the University of Illinois from Chicago, right. you're going to go right by our farm. And right. you wonder so, what all those white tubes are that you see off, off there. People yeah. think we planted grapes. Everybody oh. thinks we got a vineyard going there. They think you have a vineyard going. Well, maybe you get to like put a distillery or something out there. Uh, that's been talked about. Yeah, I bet it has. Yeah, no, you get to do that. Yeah, we we like that idea. Um, so so what do you so in the future? Like, I is sort of sky's the limit. You're going to keep growing this thing, or you know, how do you feel about that? Oh no, I mean we're we we want to scale up more. So right now okay. we're doing oh you know let's say a million to a million and a half every month. And, okay. Um, this was our biggest year yet for raising capital. And I think, I don't know, I think we raised, we raised over a million a month for capital. Believe me, we right. spend it as soon as it comes in, even before we have it, once we have a subscription agreement signed, right. we're off spending the money. So right. um, we've been able to, I don't know how, but we've been able to keep a balance on that. Nice. And and I worry sometimes, well, maybe phone calls aren't getting returned and that's how, <laughs> that's how we <laughs> We, we keep this balance and the silent you know, balance. Yeah. But it is hard to keep up and we don't really advertise. So I think there's probably an awful lot of people on this call that never heard of us Yeah. because um, we don't, we don't, really don't want to say no all the time because we right. have too many applicants. That's not never been the approach that we've taken. Right. Um, so it's been word of mouth mostly. If yeah. you do business with us, you probably found this maybe by word of mouth. Yeah. Uh, and what about like? what about on the outbound side? Um, you know, now you're a public benefit corporation, you know, average investor through their IRA can invest in you. Right. Yeah. Right. So how do those people know, find out about you? Well, we work with in 2011, I attended a conference at the Mohegan Sun, which is a casino in uh, Connecticut. Uh-huh. And it was uh, on the on the Mohegan Reservation. Uh-huh. And um, there I discovered the world of financial advisors, SRI, Social Responsible Investing Financial Advisors. I don't think Impact was quite out there yet, just mm-hmm. beginning. And um, I was told I should go to this conference because we don't pay brokers to raise capital. Um, you know, that, that fits into our mission. You know, right. We're really not looking for any conflicts of interest. Um, and so financial advisors that charge an asset management fee every year right. for building a portfolio, and in this case, building a portfolio that's socially responsible. Right. It's just a natural fit for us. So uh, a lot of our capital comes in through financial advisors across the country. 
Okay. And we have many relationships, long-standing relationships with those financial advisors. And sure. So I think it's a marriage made in heaven. Uh, yeah. Um, and and you know. So we're that's how people hear about you, right? Uh, on the investment side, yes. Mm-hmm. On the farmer side, it's word of mouth. On the farmer. I mean, side we go to conferences, but not so many right now. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Been, no, there aren't a lot of them. So yeah. I mean, we're always at the Moses conference. Sure. Sometimes we can afford a booth and sometimes we can't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We're pretty lean and mean. Uh Uh, Uh-huh. Well, you're very entrepreneurial, too. I think, you know, a lot of the people I've met who've done funds, you're not, you're an operating company, you're not a fund, right? Because you can't, yeah. And, but, but people who do funds tend to be very rigid. And I don't know if that's because they started as a fund or what, but it's like, nope, we do this. We don't, we don't like, we're not going to move at all. Right. And I think it, I don't think can't. Can. It's, yeah. it's very difficult. I mean, when yeah. we, when we buy farmland back from the farmer, we don't wait till the fun, you know, termination date has happened or the 10 year renewal. Sure. Or, I mean, we we want to do it right away. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and that gets messy automatically. Sure. And then, then we'll might do a 1031 exchange and take the money from the farmer for whatever land they've repurchased from us and buy mm-hmm. more land. Right. Well, that really messes up the funds, you know, yeah. uh, ROI history when you start doing that. So, yeah. you know, to be able to be flexible as an operating company and we have no termination date. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, which a fund uh, would have. And then you also you also don't like go raise a pile of money into the fund and then you have this pressure to deploy it. You don't have that either. The way we haven't done pressure. that yet. We haven't done yeah. that yet. If we yeah. want to get institutional capital, mm-hmm. and we don't have institutional capital for the most part. And by that I mean, and maybe that's okay, right? Um, you know, I mean, pension the fund. state of California wants to write you a check for five hundred million dollars, and well, then you get yeah. to deploy it, right? We're too or something small for like most. That. Yeah, we're too small for most of that money anyway. Um, but yeah, we do have a big uh, mission of converting the monoculture, you know, to uh, something more healthy and diverse. And, of you know, course. Um, so scaling is there. It's part of our mission to scale mm-hmm. this up. And, yep. and it's an indefinite time frame. It, mm-hmm. it matches what the how the farmers are looking at it. I, I don't yeah. know too many farmers that say, well, I'm going to farm for uh, 20 years. And then I'm going to retire and I want to move to, uh, you know, uh, Florida. Yeah. I mean, I have, nobody's told me that yet. Yeah. People complain, yeah. but, you know, nobody's done that. So it's an indefinite time frame. Mm-hmm. So our company has to have an indefinite time frame, too. You know, if we're to be trusted, we have mm-hmm. to match that. So there aren't a lot of... There aren't a lot of entity investment entities out there that behave the way you do and that are so farmer centric, right? You're when I listen to you, you're you and how you talk about what you do, it's very farmer centric. And and while you started out doing this for investors, somewhere along the line you became farmer centric. Well, yeah, from the beginning, really. I mean, the as a kid. I, I remember stories, right, both sides of my family came from family farms. And uh, you know, when somebody would lose mm-hmm. a lease, right? right. I mean, that was like so traumatic, you right. couldn't even talk about it. And, right. And it followed you for years. I mean, I, last month, or we have been helping a family in Indiana recover 
over 600 acres of land they lost during the farm crisis of the Whoa. 80s. Wow. You know, a lot of people listening weren't here in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it yeah. Was, it was a bad, bad it time. It was bad, yeah. And a lot of farmers lost their land. And in this case, the entity that bought their land back in 1985 or whatever it was is now selling it after however many years that is. And so we were able to help them get that land back. That is and amazing. We bought it and, and leased it to them, and hopefully they'll be able to buy it and then mm-hmm. you know, never, never worry. Yeah. about that but yeah you know that is those types of stories are all over the place mm-hmm. and you have to have a strong balance sheet you have to you have to run the business for the very very long term which right. means you can't do everything right because <laughs> we want to be here but we certainly want to help the farmers that we started with and the, mm-hmm. other, and the ones that are clients now continue to grow their businesses yeah. and if we can do that you know that's still a beginning, but I think it grows. I think other people do that too. You know, other mm-hmm. people will be doing that as well, which is fine with us. Yeah, yeah, no. If we can see more, that we, as you said, there's plenty of corn and beans, depleted soil farmland in the upper Midwest to keep you busy for a really long time. So, yeah. So it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you, David. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Is there, have we missed anything that you want to share with everybody? Oh, you come see our Rock Creek uh, farms and and see what we're planting there. That'll be awesome. Yeah. So south of Chicago, um, if we go to your website, we can find out how to get there. I hope so. You hope so. (laughs) Okay. We we also have a Facebook page that my husband just reminded me he takes care of. So you can go to the Rock Creek Farms Facebook page. Okay. And uh, and I'll, I'll I'm giving personal tours. So, happy to do it. Nice. Well, I'm going to take you up on that. Probably not when it's really cold and, you know, in peak COVID transmissibility right now, but it'll be it'll be soon, I think. Okay. All right. I'll hold you to it. I'll hold uh, you to yeah, it. Yeah, you get to hold <laughs> me to it. All right, great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been awesome to have you, and I'm sure our listeners are going to love to hear what you had to say. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for listening. You can get more podcasts by subscribing on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And you can learn more about Edible Alpha by visiting our website at ediblealpha.org. To watch the video of this interview and check out other bonus content, find us on YouTube and Facebook.